Okay, everyone with me, new collective. <sighs> because it's Friday. We're knocking on the door of the weekend, and also it's time for another edition of the Speaking for Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gamison. Hello, Adam. It's great to be with you. And a little while back, we started a series on why Jesus came. I outlined for you, I believe it was six different uh, reasons that Jesus himself said that he came. And so we're going to kick off the detail portion of that series today. And I know we still have some other, uh, well, at least one other series that we want to finish up. But there's no rule in podcasting that says you can't be talking about more than one thing at once. <laughs> As a matter of fact, one of the things that I hope to bring to this show is a great deal of variety so that you continue to um, listen every week. So today we're going to talk about the first reason on our list for why Jesus came. And that is Jesus came to fulfill the law. And uh, Adam is going to give us our theme verse for uh, this topic. This comes from Matthew 5.17. Think not that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. It, 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 we we often get confused and we say, well, uh, Jesus threw out the Old Testament law when he came to die. And of course, we as, especially as Gentile Christians, are not held to a bunch of those Old Testament laws. But Jesus came so that he could fulfill the law. And the reasons that he came are part of what we're going to discuss, or the reasons that he fulfilled the law are part of what we're going to discuss today. Uh, Adam, could you read that first one? Which comes from, uh, which says, There is none righteous from Romans 3.10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. So this is a good thing for us to consider as we start this, this topic. The fact that none of us are righteous. This is why Jesus had to come to fulfill the law, because uh, he makes an interesting statement uh, be, along in the passage where we get this verse, that we started out with where he talks about him fulfilling the law. He makes an interesting statement to his followers. He says, unless your righteousness exceed that of the Pharisees, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, because the Pharisees, even though they thought they were righteous, they really weren't because they thought way too much of themselves and not enough of God. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is saying, I'm here to fulfill the law. And he did. He lived every part of the law perfectly so that when we accept his death on the cross, we can experience um, salvation for good and for all. So that's an important thing to remember, um, especially as we lead into our second point, which is, Adam? God's expectation is holiness. Like it says out of First Peter one sixteen, Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Uh, this, again, is another important distinction to think about because he doesn't say be almost perfect for I am almost perfect. He doesn't say try to be perfect because I am perfect. He says be perfect. And so the standard is excellence. And so we know that when we measure ourselves against that standard, we are hopeless. So what's the answer? Um, uh, the answer um uh, comes, like I said, in Jesus. And then our third one, Adam. The law is impossible to follow. And out of Luke eleven forty six, it says, And he said, 
Woe unto you also, ye lawyers, for ye laid men with burdens grievous to be born, and ye yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. So uh, we're talking again about the Pharisees and the lawyers who put unrealistic expectations on the people that they themselves couldn't fulfill. So as we're going along in these aspects right now, it's pretty hopeless. Um, but Adam, do you have any thoughts as before we go forward? It's interesting where it says, especially in First Peter, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Sometimes I think we forget about that. Like, I feel like we get to the point where it's like, well, I want to be a good person or I want to be a strong Christian. And that's that's good. Like, that's not a bad thing. You know, that helps us to get closer to Christ. But I feel like there is a difference between just being a good person or doing good things and then really striving for holiness because being a good person is just, you know, trying to do what you can to make things better throughout the day. But being holy is it's, it's being intentional. Like you're actually intentionally saying, OK, in each thing I do, I want it to be God focused and for him and to love others. And it's a lifestyle. Yes, it's not just not just a uh, a uh, one time decision. Mm-hmm. It's a lifestyle. All right, so we're to the point where the law is impossible to follow, and there actually is a second verse under that heading. Can you read that one too? James two ten says, "For whoever whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all." Oof. Okay, so if we offend in one point, we're guilty of breaking every law. And so that puts us in a position where we have a great need that we can't fill ourselves. And so that leads us to our next point, which is? It shows our need for Jesus. And out of Galatians 3.24, Who for the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith? So... That when Jesus, when God set up the Old Testament law, he wasn't expecting the children of Israel to follow it perfectly in the sense that, oh, I just expect you to totally be able to fulfill it perfectly. What he was expecting, what he was trying to get across was you can't fulfill the law. And so you're going to need an intercessor. Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, it was the blood of bulls and goats. It was temporary sacrifices. But then Jesus comes along in the New Testament and he shifts the paradigm and he and he says, I'm going to take care of this once and for all. And so then you can be free to follow me and do the right thing with a power that only can come from the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think it's significant, too, because a lot of people say, well, well, that that just means I can float through life because Jesus took care of it all. But in a way, he ratchets things up because the Pharisees walked around saying that as long as my actions are pure, then my thoughts don't have to be. And Jesus would take it to the next level. Like he said, if you lust after a woman, you've committed adultery. If you are angry with your brother, you're a murderer. So he really took them to task and said, it's not just about what you do. It's also about your thought process. Mm-hmm. And um, why was Jesus able to fulfill the law? That's covered in our next point. That Jesus never did anything wrong. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was uh, guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him, 
that judgeth righteously. Who is his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. That's First Peter 2, verses 21 through 24. And the thing that I really like about Jesus is that he never gives us a task that he wasn't willing uh, and able to complete himself. He always gives us something that he has already gone before us to do. Uh, he gave us the greatest example of not repaying evil for evil. Uh, and he had every right to repay, repay their evil with a, with a godly evil that was based in justice. He could have just said, enough of this, I'm going to destroy you all and start over. Quite frankly, when I read the story of um, Adam and Eve, I wonder why he didn't start over sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder that again when I read the story of Noah. Um, because even though the Bible says that Noah was blameless in his generations, we know that wasn't talking about total perfection because what does Noah do after he gets off the ark? He goes and plants a vineyard and gets drunk. Mm -hmm. So he hadn't attained to perfection. So the only way to perfection is through God, and God sent his son Jesus, who lived this perfect life, who was this example, who bore our sins on the tree so that we could have all the benefits of perfection even though we couldn't achieve it ourselves um adam do you have any thoughts it's so cool how you know god could have started over he could have you know wiped us all away like each and every one uh during noah's time but instead you know god loves us so much that instead he he interceded for us with his son and i just think that's amazing that he looks at us that we're that much worth saving to him because he could have said, all right, like an extra sketch, shake it in. All right, let's start over because this is just not working out. But instead, he loved us so much he sent Jesus as the intercessor because he, he, wanted, to, he wanted to see us thrive. He wanted to see us get to a better place. So just the depth of that love is it's incredible. It is. It is amazing. And uh, it's really um, leads to our next point. Adam, why don't you read that? His death makes us righteous. In Second Corinthians 5.21 it says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And this is, this is the key to the whole process. As we said earlier in the podcast, he came and lived a perfect life. He fulfilled every law of the Old Testament. He did everything the right way. And then he died so that we could have his righteousness. You know, you, you talk about um, exchange or exchange programs or, or buy one, get one free or win-win situations. This is the best of all that because you're, you're giving something totally worthless and he's giving you a treasure that's far beyond anything you could ever purchase. You know, it, it reminds me sort of of those scavenger hunts. I don't know if you've ever heard of them where you start out with like a penny and you walk around your neighborhood trying to trade up, and then when you <laughs> yeah. trade up, then you try to trade up to the next thing, and you so on and so forth, and then you come back a few hours later and gather and figure out what you got. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those are cool. But you'll never get a better swap than our sin for Jesus' righteousness. It doesn't get any better than that. And then to wrap up our discussion, we have one final point. He works us, he works in us to do his will. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good 
pleasures, Philippians 2.13. All right, and, and there you have it. Once Jesus takes care of our sin and gives us his righteousness, then he is able to use us to do his will. He works in us. We are his vessels. We are allowed to do good works for him as he has cleaned us up and declared us righteous before him. And that that's really uh, the only uh, reason that I'm able to do this podcast that Adam is here is because of what God has done in our lives. Um, I, I kind of said as we transitioned into this year of podcasting that I, I wanted the, the theme for this year to be that, that the Speaking for Him podcast isn't about people that have it all together. It's about people who know the one that does have it all together, and that's mm-hmm. Jesus. And that's really the theme of this podcast is that he had it all together, and so he is able to pick up our mess and put it back together. Because the, the amazing thing is that he created us perfect as a human race. We we messed that up, and he still kept us. You know, he, he didn't totally wipe us off the face of the planet. Even when he could have started over again after Noah, he kept Noah alive in the ark and it says that that noah found grace in the eyes of the lord it doesn't say noah was perfect although it does use the word blameless but it's not talking about sinless perfection but it's saying noah found grace in the eyes of the lord and that's why we're here today because god spared noah and thus the human race but he could have ended it at any point and he has chosen to give us his mercy And as we think about the way things are going in this world and we pray for more and more people to come to Christ, that's what it's about. The fact that he has mercy toward us in everything that we do. And he puts up with a lot from each of us. I know sometimes I have my less than stellar days. Um, Well, let's just be honest. I'm a sinner and I still sin. And I still have days that are a struggle, but God is good. Adam, any final thoughts before we wrap up? You know, when you hear the word law, you may think it's something strict you have to follow or you think, oh, it's something that's preventing me from having fun or living life to the fullest. But really, the law is the most beautiful thing that God could have given to us because that involved his son and, and to save us. And when you get that perspective, it just makes how good God is that much bigger. Well, it's kind of like uh, there's a comic that I've seen on Facebook and maybe I'll See if I can find it and post it on the blog for this episode. But it kind of epitomizes it. I think I think it's from the comic strip After Eden. And the, 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 the picture is this guy saying, um, that's a fence. I want to jump over that fence. <laughs> and then he jumps over the fence. And, and the, the other guy that was with him is like, oh, I was trying to tell you it's a guardrail. Because it was a cliff. Oh, and the guy just jumped down the cliff and and of course was injured or or killed. It doesn't really say in the rest of the comic what happened. But the point being that a lot of times we're pushing against these fences because we want to see what's on the other side. But in the reality, a lot of times it can be a guardrail and God can be saying, I want to keep you guarded. I want to keep you safe. You know, his his guidelines are not just strict rules because he wants us to be miserable. As a matter of fact, they're the opposite. He wants us to be happy and fulfilled. And that's why he gives us the guidelines that he does, the rules and the commands. So 
Um, thank you for uh, sharing this discussion with me today, Adam. And I hope that for our audience that this has been beneficial. Um, if you have any comments, questions, or feedback, make sure to contact us at, with the contact information that will roll at the end of the show. I think that's all I have for you right now. So I will just say have a great week um, and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.